Hi there, and welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I am your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I am so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about parenting things, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who have been there. Today, I'm talking to Kat, and she's actually not a parent at all. I just need to get that out there. However, sometimes I love talking with people who have been impacted by some great parents. And this is definitely true of her story. She is a friend of my really good friend, Lee, and Kat experienced a lot of loss early in her life. She had quite a few reasons to just throw her hands up and give up. However, that was not God's plan. And I'm excited you get to hear some of the many ways God turned her pain into something really beautiful. So tell me about when you were kind of first introduced into the Phelps family. And then I know there were some other families that stepped in. So I want you to just tell us the story about how that kind of started. First, I'll start with the caveat that there's, there's just so many precious, amazing people that, that are a part of the story. Mm-hmm. And um, there are definitely, the Phelps were definitely like at the gateway of, of the beginning of this really cool crossover in my life, but the beginning. So I'll first start with this story of I'm in high school. I am ready to drop out. I'm like failing classes. Uh I had, I missed like 50 days of school. Plus like, I was just like, I didn't really have a sense of purpose or a great sense of belonging in my life. And um, because earlier on I'd experienced some pretty significant losses that just impacted, you know, my all of those things, your sense of purpose, belonging, all of those things. So yes. anyways, because of that, I just had a lack of, I don't know. I felt very, woe is me? You know, I just felt like I was suffering through life and I was just done with school. Anyways, fast forward, sitting in my graduation counselor's um, office at Clark Central in Athens. And yeah. I'm like, okay, ready to drop out. Just give me the papers. Like I just was ready to give up. Yeah. He was like, no, just hang on. Um, you can do this. So all that to say, he didn't let me drop out. Um, he actually was at our wedding a couple weeks ago. Oh my gosh. Because that was like 10 years ago. He didn't Uh, let you drop out. He was like, no, "No, we're not going to do this. No, he's like, you can do this. He set me up with like free tutoring and like gave me all these resources that I just didn't know was available to me. Right. Right. I, um, so Shout out to Antoine Sheets. He did not let me let me fail out. Um, so, anyways, in the, so in the count. So then I started to like hang out in the counseling office at high school, <laughs> and then so then there. So so I'm sorry. He was like, you know, you're like counsel, your advisor, and so then we had a college advisor. And again, I thought college isn't for me. Like I don't. I have no idea how to even begin to pay for that. I was was working in high school. And then I was just, I was just like, I'm, that's just not going to be for me. So, so then Lawrence, I'm naming them by name just because they're so amazing. And he was also at my wedding, Lawrence Harris. Uh Um, he, I was sitting in his office and he showed me how you fill out FAFSA, like financial aid. And, and because of that, because of, you know, everything that was going on, I was able to go to technical school in my area for free. So I was like, okay, I can kind of wrap my head around that. Um, and so he showed me how to do that. And, and I I remember sitting in his office and being like, Oh, okay. I'm not a high school dropout. I can 
go to college. Yes. And so then I just started to like dream and I was involved in young life and Uh had a great um, young life leader in college who also was at the wedding who came from California with her husband. Oh my gosh. Um, And so I love young life. She made it, she, that relationship was amazing. The whole, I love, I felt like I belong there. I could learn there and, um, you know, learn about Christ and kind of, yes. Um, but also, you know, like cute boys and all that. It was right. totally, totally all, all of the above. It had some school. other pulls there, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I promise I'm going to like. No, I trust you. Y'all. You're going to get there. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so I loved Young Life and I'd always been passionate about going to Africa. And I think I have no idea why my aunt, one of my aunt's jokes, because she said I always wanted to go there because it was like the furthest place from home that uh-huh. I could get from Athens. Yeah. And who knows if that's true, but I've now gone like three or four times. And anyways, that's getting too far ahead of the story. But um, so I Google Young Life and then Africa after it. And I had no idea that this was a thing or anything at all. And then it pops up that you can, it's actually their headquarters, headquarters, whatever, the, whatever the fancy word is, um, are located in Atlanta. And so I was like, okay, that's not, not that it just, when something's like so far away, you're like, I feel it was in like LA or something, be like, that's kind of out of reach, but something about it being in Georgia and like, I don't know, it just felt a little familiar. Right. So I get in, get involved there and raise support and had so many great people contribute. I've, I've so many great aunts and uncles and cousins and things that, that, um, helped and just people in the community that helped me get to Africa. Yeah. And so I went a couple times and then the summer of 2015, I was like, I need, I was kind of like doing the college thing and I was working like three jobs and trying to like, all like pay my way through. Where did you uh, go to college? So I started at Athens tech. Okay. Like, at like two year school. Okay. Um, so it's like, there's like technical school and then community college. Okay. So I was just, you know, working all these jobs and just, I still was like, I'm never going to, I was going to, to one or two classes at a time so that I could work. And I was like, okay, this is, I, I still had no vision, but I had had enough people like push me through that the Lord just like plopped on the way that like almost like got me to the next step. Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. so I do the Africa stuff. I'm involved there. And then I um, get an internship in, in their Atlanta office. Because in Young Life me, headquarters. Okay. For Young Life Africa. Um, they have, they kind of like office out of a smaller, you know, it's not like some, some super big thing, but this amazing um, guy, Drew and his wife, Melissa just mm-hmm. became great friends. And, um, you probably, yeah, you probably, you yeah. probably, yeah. Uh-huh. and so anyways, I'm interning there and they kind of knew, okay, she's like making her way through school, just trying to pay for things. Also living in Atlanta, which was a huge deal to me. Like I, I never thought I would leave Athens. I never thought I could just because it take you know, just the financial burden alone of like removing yourself to a big city. Right. Is just a big, it felt Girl, overwhelming to think about a big city when you had totally. grown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so I'm interning, and then Melissa reaches out to um, some friends, like mom friends, and coincidentally, they all had just had or were about to have their fourth, and so they were kind of like, "It's summer." They're kind of like, 
overwhelmed and just kind of like need, need some help. And so I was like, great, I can do that. And so I started the three, um, there were three that I got super close with Lee being one of those. And, um, so I just got super close with all of them and just started to get like a part of the fold. Like we all were just becoming a part of each other's lives and, and they were really close and all all had a relationship. And then I was just kind of like pop over here, pop over there and then pop over there. And, and they all um, had four kids. Right. They all had four or were about to have four. So I think that I think everyone at that point, I think was at three and one of them had just had number four. And then Lee rock was not rock came maybe a year later, year and a half later. And so they were all kind of just like still in the like throes of, I mean, and I feel like I don't have kids, but being around them enough, I know enough to know like when they're young and you're you're just kind of like, making it and you're in the throes of things and you're figuring, figuring things out. Um, and so for me, it was, it worked out great because like they needed someone. And also I felt like I was getting to watch family unfold in a really cool and unique way, like immediate family. And, um, so then I go back to Athens after that, before I go, um, her and her husband, they like sit me down and we had had just so many like great conversations and prayer even together after, you know, after like a late night out for them, like me watching the kids and just like these small interactions that were like so monumental to me Yeah. that, and so anyways, the end of the summer comes and they're like, we want to help you through school and just to make it so that you don't have to work. Um, and do, I was just kind of like bending over backwards. And it was kind of like for like, it's not like I had this like goal and I was like, I'm just going to work just so I was literally on like the 10 year college plan. Right. You know? Like you were holding three jobs and trying to do classes, right. Yes. To pay for all of yes. that stuff. And so it, it yes. makes that take so much longer. Totally. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, and I think, and they could totally see like, okay, this is someone who like wants you know, has vision and wants to grow and, and, but maybe just kind of needs like a hand. And that's not to say that, uh, that I had never received that before in my life. And that all of a sudden this was new. And that's, that's an important piece of it is that there were so many amazing people along the way. And a lot of people in my situation do not have godly people come, you know, I had like aunts who were just so prayerful throughout my whole life that never gave up in the prayer and in that like pursuit of, of right. and I think that gave me, gave my life so much, you know, it gave, I, I didn't understand it, but I think like when you're praying for someone, the Lord, I felt this mercy over my life yes. where things would get really hard and I really wouldn't want to go on even like as a, as a, like little being, you know, like a little girl, I just couldn't understand a lot of these losses and a lot of this want. So I had gotten this clear, you know, vision of like, okay, I can go to school. Um, and so I was able to do that. And then, and so I was still like an hour away from them and it was, well, hold on. So the family sat you down one night before you were going to go back to Athens and go back to school and your life of jobs and all that stuff. And they were like, we want to help you 
financially or what what was the like we want to help you be able to just focus on college is that how yeah. what it looked like yeah there was like there you know it was like a group of us want to help you be able to go to school full time and what did you think when they said that to you i just i couldn't i really couldn't wrap my head around even just like being able to do that. You know, like, first of all, I'm like, and I, and I remember it was, I remember it like yesterday, even though this was like so long ago now looking back, but they said, you know, the Lord has like really richly blessed us with so many that it would be, you know, we could buy nice things and do all this stuff, but like, we just feel led to help you in this way. And so I think I felt it's this, I think this is maybe a universal thing. Maybe it's just a me thing. I hope that it is, but I don't think it is. But um, I think when you grow up kind of with that mindset of maybe that poverty mindset, Uh you, you, there's 50% of, oh my gosh, this is the most relieving thing. Mm -hmm. And there's 50% shame and guilt, Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome of, all the bad things you've done in your life that maybe should disqualify you from being able to receive such a gift. But then there's this, like, I just need help. So, you know, you're not going to turn it down. Um, So it was all, it was all of those things. So it wasn't like, I, that makes total sense to me that on one hand, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed with thankfulness. But on the other, you do have to deal with this inward, like, yeah. shame that's real like it's a real right. feeling even though yeah. it's maybe it's not it's not based off of truth necessarily yeah no. you know okay how long did it take for you to graduate college it ended up taking me six so i started in 2013 uh-huh. and graduated in 19 okay and throughout your college experience did you stay connected with those families in atlanta yes they they became just like they would call and they would Marco Polo and uh-huh. we would just get pictures. We would send like snail mail. And so after like a year of being back in Athens, I, I it was kind of cool because I was at a point where, because I was able to go to school full time, I could, I could now transfer to like a public university. And so I knew that Georgia state was there and I knew that it was a little bit easier to get into Georgia state than it was to get into um, Georgia university. tech. Oh, Georgia, oh, Georgia. Or, well, definitely, yeah, definitely Georgia Tech, but yeah, um, Georgia. And so I just applied to Georgia State and I was like, again, there's no way. I've never been this like school, not for me, never been my thing, you know. Yeah. We did it. And so I applied to Georgia State and I was like, okay, if I get in, I'm going to move. And if I don't, then, you know, I'll just stay here. And I was leading Young Life in Athens at that point. Oh, um, that's so cool. Yes. Yeah. And I love it. And that was like really great. So I was like working, going to school and leading young life. Uh-huh. And, um, but anyways, so I ended up getting into Georgia state and I was like, okay, I'm going to move to Atlanta. This is scary. But like, I, I, I know that if anything crazy happens, like you've people got, got my people. back yes. I can figure it out. And I've been through hard things to know. So this is when, so Lee says, you are welcome to live in our playroom. And so at this point, Rock is like, I think maybe six weeks old. Yes. And so she, with a newborn, like lets this like crazy college kid Uh move into her playroom. Which, which okay, um, I've been to that house 
And I'm just going to say, because I know she won't care. It's like not a big house, everybody. It's like four. So four kids. How many bedrooms was it? Like they were. They had one, two. They had three bedrooms. Three bedrooms, four kids. And now they've invited a college student in to live in their playroom. Right? Yeah. Yes. So I just wanted to give everyone a picture that this is not like, and you can move into my massive home. Right. This is like, you know, and it's like, it's like an amazing house. It's a great house. It's so cute. Yes. And especially to have a new, I mean, being newly married, I'm like, I know I don't have any kids and nobody is allowed to live with me. Jeremy, you know, like, which is so speaks to like that. You have to be so plugged in, like with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord to be so generous like that. And that's what I keep going back to is like, and they, and I remember they, I'll never forget. They, um, like got me towels with my initials on them. And they put like a big pink bow above the playroom. Like we would joke like, Oh, it's a girl. Like you're getting another one since she just had rock. Yes. And, um, and I just remember being so like just the intentionality of that and the willingness to like share life with someone who, and we knew each other, but like, after that point, they like walked with me through some like Mm. really hard, like, not okay situations and that were so embarrassing for me. And not once did they make me feel shame or, you know, I, I, I was, when I was with them, I was only growing. Not that it's just needs to be about me growing, but like, I liked, I like to think of those years and it didn't hit me until I was like preparing for you and I's discussions. Like mm. those were like the reformative years for mm. me. And so anyways, to, for them to offer that space to, and again, they had known me for a summer and we had like spent time together, but like that real, that was the beginning of our relationship and to live with someone and to share your food with someone, which they like graciously did. Like, I didn't really know, like, like how to grocery shop or what, you know, I was just like, I don't know, you know? Um, so there were a lot of things that I learned in those quote, you know, like reformative years from them. Yes. And And not very much like I, they felt like very much like spirit led to offer this. Right. I, you had to, yeah. I, feel, I feel like there's no way. And I like, and they, they still like, they are so consistent. You know, you know them personally to know they're like the most consistent, steady people you mm-hmm. could meet. And so they're not like, Oh yeah, just come on. We're going to, you know, have a party. It's like, they're consistent in their faith and their like prayer life in, the, in like scripture. And so it totally, I, I believe, you know, it cannot speak on their behalf, but you know, and again, this was like, feels like so long ago and it was, um, but yeah, I, I just, I feel like they said yes to something that was stressful. And there were a lot of like surprises that happened, you know, in my life and in theirs and things that, um, they easily just could have said there were all the reasons in the world, you know, in the world's eyes to say no to this setup. And they, um, never guilted me or shamed me for my situation or made me feel less than it was only like growth and support. And that's just what a gift. What a gift. So talk about the things that you learned by living with them. Yeah. 
I think the biggest thing that just comes to mind is is just being engaged. And I know that sounds like, okay, is that like another like millennial buzzword? But it's really not because in the way that they're, even their kid, I mean, their kids were all so young. I think at that point, like maybe, maybe it was five under, no, no, sorry, four under five or something like that. I'm probably really messing up. No. Well, I think age, but that's um, right. Yeah. Like anyways, all, all those kids under five, you know, it's, it's crazy. People are running around and yelling and people are hungry and it's nap time. And, and I think just seeing the way that they like, John is the most present, you know, available dad. And, you know, and obviously you're like working, you're trying to, he, you know, he's trying to like make, make a way for his family and doing that. And that, and I think it was like, he was doing a startup during that and really successful at that, but that that takes a lot of headspace. And, but he was able to just like turn it off and just be with them and help out. And then, and Lee was just the most like, again, constant, steady, like figure. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think there was just like such a piece from, um, watching, it was like, it was kind of like, I don't know, just watching someone tend to their lot in that way was so, there was just something in my heart that was, that released from seeing a a different way Uh to, I've seen lots of, lots of different ways, good ways, bad ways, Uh hard ways, easy ways. But the way that they did that was so, um, just full of life and grace for each other. And it was like real, it was like, let's talk about this, you know, cat hurt my feelings about this or Lee hurt my feelings about this or whatever. And it's just like, there wasn't like, are we, are we friends anymore? Like, you know what I mean? There was none of that. Like, I mean, so living together, it's like y'all, you had like hard conversations with them. Like it wasn't like, this is all happy and good. Like you had, they brought, they would say, hey, this is something we need to work on or something like that. Totally. Totally. And it was never, it was so cool because like my heart at that being, you know, 19 or 20, you're so, I was totally the like insecure, you know, super anxious person. I had just moved to this new big city and like, and that really impacted, I think just like even my mental space at that point, like I was just starting counseling to like uh-huh. work through these, you know, losses from earlier in life. And just kind of like my world was kind of opening up. And so with that comes behaviors that are not like, you know, like eating their fruit, which they never even brought that up. But I just look back now and I'm like, Oh, I never, I literally never went to the grocery store during that point. Like how would I feel if someone was living with me now? And it's um, interesting, like now that you can look back, like your hindsight, like, oh my gosh, why did I do that or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is 2020. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What did you see about their parenting that you loved or learned from? Yes. Oh my gosh. There there was so much. And it was cool to like cross over between a few different families. Yeah, like the Phelps weren't the only ones. Because totally. so you saw some different parenting styles, I bet. Yes, yeah. totally. I think, but, and I think the thing that weaves the weaves or wove, you know, whatever you want to yeah. say there, but weaves the three of them together is that each of them carried the importance of Christ has to be the most important mm. thing in my life. And then my spouse and then my kids. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I don't have kids yet, but like, I will, I think about that every day because That's it's so like, good. 
And it's like, and that's anything in life. And I think I was so swallowed up, especially in the beginning of those quote, reformative years of of college and living with them and doing life with them. Like I was so swallowed up by my circumstances and woe is me and like all these things. And, but I think I saw them be able to go through hard things, but continually putting Christ first and like memorizing scripture and putting it even on the walls, like, like, you know, writing out a piece of paper and then like putting it on the walls. Like, um, another mom, I, I, after that I moved in and someone else in one of the other ones back house. And yes. then when I got in and at this time I had, I just another byproduct of all the craziness and chaos was food was something that, um, became like a control source for me. I would say the end of high school is when I started to realize like being in an eating disorder was a way to have control over my life. But then when you're with kids and when you're with young kids, it's like watching them, even just from that aspect, you know, watching them cook a meal or like make salad or whatever you want to call it. It was just like, there was something in that, that was like, that was, that was healing my heart as mundane or silly as it might sound. I, and, and I was able to even right around that time, I sat the three of them down and was like, I this is what I, this is what's going on. This struggle with food and just eating disorder, disorder, it disordered eating, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, I need help with this. Can you guys help me? And they, they did. And there's definitely been, you know, weird things here and there, but like, since I was able to get that help, I really haven't struggled with that in, in the way that I was, you know what I mean? And so even just from that standpoint of like watching Kit, like watching them prepare meals for their family helps you find healing that. with the food, with your relationship with food. Yes. Yes. <sighs> okay. And it just took away the like, you know, the drama or, or like, I'm going to control food or I'm going to do this or do yes. that. Like, just be normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the other thing I thought about was watch, you know, two of the three of them have daughters. And I thought, do I want my daughter? is this how I would want my daughter um, thinking about herself or thinking about food or starving herself because of that and watching them just like love their daughters and speak truth over them, like biblical truth, especially watching the dads say that to their daughters. It was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and again, it was, it was a journey. It's not like I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm free from this because someone said beautiful. Like it's a, it's a journey. My, my, my brain is just like, in, on, so many. on one thing, so one many hand, things. I'm like, absolutely. I hate that you even had to have a conversation about disordered eating. Yeah. But the flip side of that is what a beautiful thing that y'all had created this like safe community to yeah. go, hey, can I talk to you guys about this? Because this is a struggle and I don't want this to be a struggle anymore. Because yeah. those are the kinds of conversations that people need to have, but we fear and we don't want to say it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Received that. Yeah. Like there are pivotal moments in someone's life where you could have that conversation and someone responds weird and you're not phased. At that point in my life, I was so sensitive and anxious and insecure that like one wrong thing could have like just made me so, you know, like, and the, I just remember the way they responded was so, and each of them 
I don't know that I don't know if you met them, but like the three of them all, I would say are just so different from each other, all three in such a good way. Uh You know, it's like, so any, I just was kind of like this, this could be the time where they say this is too much. Like you're too much. All of this. And instead they like totally embraced that part of my story and that ask because you know, again, the three of them, again, being so different, all having totally different giftings and personalities and looks and families, like their, their common denominator was always Christ and making that the most important thing, which gave them an open heart to be able to hear someone like me who was not their child, you know, say, okay, I know we're not, you're not obligated to me. Like, I've spent a lot of life just asking for help and that's embarrassing and I'm embarrassed by this, but I'm just going to try it because at the other side of that coin, it's like, I didn't really have anything to lose. You know what I mean? Right. Um, So so what did they after, how did you get help with that particular, I mean, that's a real thing. Like lots of people have disordered eating. So what did you do? I, so I would say, freshman year of college is when it, it was like an anorexia situation. Uh And I lost 20 pounds in two weeks and just stopped eating. And and it was an anxiety depression thing going on Uh from something else. And, um, and so then it became a little more manageable because you just kind of have to whatever. So, and, and that was three years after that was when I just said, and it was kind of all I thought about and all, and I was like trying to like lead young life and follow the Lord and, and heal and like walk in freedom. But also like, I was so wrapped around the axle of like what every meal was going to look like and be able to work out three times that day or whatever, you know? Yes. And, um, so, so I just went to a professional like nutritionist or counselor. Yes. Like she was like a quasi of all of those things. And, um, she just, I, I remember like, you have to write down everything you ate for like a week. And I remember being like, Oh my gosh, that is so like, I remember like trying to eat more so that she would say like, you're bad. You're, you know, you're that's disgusting. I knew she wouldn't say like, that's disgusting, but essentially I was trying to get to like, I almost like wanted to get in trouble or I wanted her to say like, what you're doing is wrong. You're eating the wrong things to kind of validate the disordered eating like space that I was. I see. In. Yeah. 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 And I remember I gave her that list and I was like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Cause I like had always walked around with the sense of whether it was school or work or whatever it was. I always had the sense of I'm going to get in trouble. I'm doing it wrong. I'm stupid. You know, just like that narrative was always in my head. And I remember her saying like, this was not, this is like really normal. And it was, she didn't say, oh, you're such a good eater. Or, oh, you're such a bad eater. It was like, oh, th- this is normal. Okay. Like, let's look at the next thing, you know? And I was just like, wait, you're supposed to like get me in trouble for that. And like, say that that's bad, especially like, yeah, anyways. So, so yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, You were about to tell something when you moved into the other family's back house. Oh yeah. Okay. So. So this, so you asked kind of like, what, what about their parenting specifically yes. that I loved yes. and learned from? Mm-hmm. And so it, so a big part of that is just speaking like biblical truths mm-hmm. over your kids. That was so, I loved seeing that. And so another, one of the other moms 
I walk in and like in the bathroom, she like covered the bathroom almost with all these different scriptures, like you're clothed in strength and dignity, laughs about fear of the future, you know, like on your bathroom mirror. Yes. Yes. (gasps) Like, you know, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. And, you know, I remember just being like, oh my gosh, like the words of the gospel, like totally wrapped around my heart in a new way. And I was able to experience that, like in the mirror, which had been where my biggest battle was, <laughs> you know? And that, that's something that like, I will forever do, Yes, you know? Yes. Um, it changed. So. It changed so much. Yeah. That action. Yeah. Was there anything you saw about, um, watching those marriages that impacted you? Oh my gosh. That is so funny because yes. And it's such a, um, the, it's so funny, especially like all of them being at my wedding a few weeks ago, just thinking of all the dramatic conversations that they were like willing to have with me being like, Oh, this boy, like that, like, I know he's the one, but he's just like, kind of a lost soul right now, but like, what do you guys think? And they'd be like, no, this is like a looper. And I'd be like, you just don't know anything I know. And anyway, so fast. So now being married newly, yes, um, I can so see like a full picture of like the wisdom that they would, cause they would, that's the other thing is like, they would never hesitate to stop and pray with me, stop and speak like the wisdom of Christ and me, but also in their own lived experiences, they were ahead of the game, you know, and they, so they knew when they were a season ahead of you totally. or a few. Yeah. Yeah. A couple. Yeah. And, um, so I think just the way, again, first they made time for Christ, whether that was dri- or, you know, driving in the car and like listening to a worship song. Like I learned that it could be, you could experience the Lord in so many other ways besides just church. Because I was all about like, okay, church. I loved the whole, I was like, you know, raising my hand in church, like prayer volunteer. I thought if I could do all that stuff, then, then all of this shame or guilt or the stuff around eating or anxiety or depression, like all those things would just go away when that's, that's just not true. And, and I think in, in, in the six of them, and other people, like there's so many other people, right. amazing people in that community, but I'm speaking specifically to that college time, but, um, they like, they could experience the Lord with her. It was like on the lake or like, like I said, like singing one worship song on the way home, in like, the car, was- on the way at night. On, yes. Yeah. All like, the things. Yeah. Taking your kids to Colorado can be like, just a mu- just as much of an experience with the Lord is like finding the right church and going mm. there. And I think I, again, I think that church is important, but yeah. I think I just the way that they um, experienced the Lord with each other, especially like as spouses, and ma- and made room for it to maybe be a little different than like um, what culture, like religious, like culture even has told us it has to be. Like you have yes. to you signed up to volunteer this many times and you can't cuss, you can't do this. And it was like, they just kind of like broke through the barriers of all of that to say, you know, we have all these young kids running around. It's crazy. We can't always, you know, do all this stuff to check the boxes. So how can we find Jesus in our day to day? And they did that. And then I think, and I think like 
marriage is hard no matter what, but I think like it, when seeing them model, like Jesus being at the center, not even just at the center of like at the throne of those marriages and all of them have had totally different backgrounds and stories, some really great and some really hard and all all of them, a mix of both, you know, and they just were, I feel like to the level that they could pursue Jesus was like the level that they were able to pursue their spouse and get to know their spouse and experience like the fullness of what marriage should be. And again, it didn't look perfect because nothing in this life, unfortunately ever is or will be like, yes, but yeah, you saw them pursue that. Totally. I, oh my gosh. And that's, ah, I'm like, maybe I should just save this for the exit, but (laughs) Yeah, because I always do like an exit little synopsis, but I this is why I think including people in your life matters just as much, if not more, than just serving at a church on Sunday. Yeah. Which is kind of scary for me to say because I'm a pastor at a church and I need people to serve at church on a Sunday. But, you know, it's not saying don't do that, but it's like – you got to see that their relationship with Jesus was not just about a Sunday morning experience. It was about a 24 seven experience, you know, and did they do that perfectly? No, they're probably listening going, Oh my gosh, we, you know, but like, um, you saw all of these moments where it's like, Oh my gosh, Jesus is with them in all of it. And is a part of all of these decisions. It's not just about church. Or yes. religion. And again, like I said, I think that is so I'm not out here saying like, you know, don't go to church. No, just find Jesus. we're not like, saying that. No, but I am. I do think and something like so poignant in this is like a story just pops in my head. But I remember it was for some reason the Oscars were on. Don't mm-hmm. know why. This was like a few years ago. And I remember it was something had happened that was really making me mourn um, just some things from childhood. And I was just like weeping and I remember sitting it was me and then two like the mom and the dad and I was just like weeping about it and I remember the dad I was like for some reason again I'm like on the floor not like crying on the floor I'm just like sitting on the floor just like overcome by emotion and so then he just like sits next to me on the floor and like puts his arm around me and he's like I believe that the way that we love you can reach back and heal or help heal those memories that like tear you apart about the past. And it wasn't like, oh, the way, like humans are not meant to heal other humans, period. Mm. Like that's another hard lesson I've learned because I always thought like, oh, if I could just get the right person in my life, like then I'll feel freedom or then I'll feel Mm. hope or happiness. Like that's not true. And I know that because I've had had really hard things and I've had really amazing, amazing, amazing people. And both are true that both are not meant to heal or like cancel out your life forever, you know? Right. So right. right. Like, oh yeah. About that moment is when we like invite people into our lives. Like that's, that's the church, uh-huh. you know, like that's the body. Yes. Like the ear doesn't function as the foot for a reason, but uh-huh. both are needed to like live a healthy life. And they were willing to say like, you might look like a pinky toe and we're like the nose, but like we, we all could, could benefit from being in life together. Yes. And so many people don't do that because it's scary and there's not a script for it. There's not anything like that, but that just stuck with me. Like love can go back like, and we can experience like little glimpses of that on earth, 
of it healing like traumatic things in life. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that. And that's true in my life. Yes. You know? And it's yes. the Lord using using people to do that. Yes. For sure. Um, okay, talk about your wedding. Yes. And, so, and how that happened and yes. So I have so yes, I have amazing in-laws who really just kind of took you know, partnered with me and Jeremy to plan this wedding and they are amazing. And anyone that knows them knows, and they have their own hard story that is like so triumphant and beautiful. And anyway, so they, so our relationship was like forged at the beginning of, you know, knowing hard and good and knowing that, um, both can be true. And so anyways, we planned this wedding and I kind of, this brought up so much in me because there were a lot of hard decisions that I needed to make about just some things. And so I was, I um, was trying to figure out like, what's the best way to do the aisle thing? Um, Like when I would walk to Jeremy, I just didn't know I have a lot of, of great people in my life. And so um I like decided. you don't have just, it's like, you feel like you have like quite a few father figures, right? Yeah, Qu- like I quite have, a few great father figures. Yes. Yeah. There are yeah, so yeah. many like uncles and mentors and cousins and things like mm-hmm. that, that I was like, I mean, how do, I can't, like, they can't all do it, you yeah. know? Um, and so my, anyways, so what I realized is like, where I feel like I really grew up and I would say arguably a lot of people feel this way, but like where I feel like I really grew up and grew out was that period of time, like living in college, living in Atlanta, going to college, living with these families like that, that was such a formative, formative healing Mm, time. Yeah. Or like very specific wounds that I had. And so I, um, I talked to Lee, Lee, had her brothers, you know, walk her down the aisle. And so I just, um, was kind of talking to her, like, how did you do this? And so I, first of all, I had like all 20, I had like 20 or 21 kids in the wedding. <laughs> and, um, and again, people thought I was like, absolutely crazy. But anyway, so there's your wedding. You get to do yeah, what you I'm want like, to do. You know, I do this once. <laughs> and, um, so, so anyways, the kid, so the three dads, walk me down the aisle. So we started with one and then midway went to the other one. And then the third one, like kind of gave me away. And like, that was just so, I didn't want it to be this super, you know, production, but I did want to honor like their place in my life that felt important to me. And they never, (laughs) they would never like want that recognition, but it felt important to me because I feel like I was able to even love and be loved by Jeremy yes. a, and a lot in part due to their like willingness, their willingness to be there, you know? Um, and because of their so, role in your life, like you have had so much healing in mm, your ability mm. to love yourself and yes. love another person. Yes. 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 Like a million times. Yes. So, yeah. Um. I, I just, that was important to me. And again, they are like, not ones that like, you know, want the <laughs> attention like production or yeah. attention, but just felt important to me. And so they, um, they did that and that was so sweet. And, and before, so 
all of them like come down all the kids like go down a single file first like I think I didn't see it's like the part about being a bride like you literally don't get to see all that stuff yeah so I'm trying to like peek through and watch and um and so each so all of them all you know and there were like a couple other families that I got like closer with after that who who were also in it who um just felt like they each of them their kids like being up there and even just walking down the aisle, like marching down there, like, you know, having no, <laughs> no clue, like really what's going on. But yeah. Um, each of the, each of the, like the, the little people that were like marching down the aisle, like each played such a role in this story in such different and special ways, because yes. again, you learn to love them and all their differences. They're all different from each other. And um, all have different quirks and all need different things. And, but there was something in like, they're like my little siblings, you know, mm-hmm. who I will like care about and protect and fight for and pray for, for the rest of their lives. And it was like, it's like this cool full circle relationship of like their parents did that for me. And they also do that for them, but also it, you it, get to I do that like, for them. Right. Yeah. And I was able to like care for somebody else in that way, which was so you're so inward when you're dealing with all of these things, when you're dealing with like anxiety and the eating disorder and just trying to make it your, it's you, you, like my life was me, 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 because how can I survive or how can I be okay? Or how, and then you get all these little people in your life where you're like, nothing is more when you're, when I, when they're in under like my care, nothing is more important mm-hmm. than making sure they're Okay. And there was like this outer body experience of having to put all that aside every time I was with them to like care for them. Yes. And there's something like spiritual in that Uh for me at least. So then to have them like marching down the way on like the biggest day of my life, like there was no, there was no question that, that they would be there. And anyone who knows me knows like that there wouldn't be any other way to do that because they're like parts of my heart. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if you could articulate in just a few sentences, how that experience, these relationships have impacted your life. So I think, I think for whatever reason, you know, having them in my life at that point, it, there was something that loosed in my heart. And I think also in the spiritual realm that allowed me to put my weapons down and to like fail and to mess up and to be in conflict and to work things out with people and to be loved. And I think there's something that there was this sense of belonging that they gave to me mm-hmm. that I, I personally hadn't experienced mm-hmm before. And again, that's not to say that there weren't other amazing, but it was, it was just such in depth when you're, you know, living in someone's home and eating their food and, and they just, anything I brought to them, there was the, the response was grace, even Mm -hmm. when it was messy. And I think it gave me the freedom to like fly and fail and to like mess up and to, but to learn again and to like trust trust that the Lord was actually in my story. And I, I remember thinking, okay, if, if the Lord would bring me like these people in my life, like, I think I can, I think I will be okay. And I think that means that maybe he's not going to leave me. Yes. And that opens up the floodgates for 
all these other things that I never could have imagined. When my friend Lee was telling our group of friends about Kat's wedding and how special it was, I immediately thought about you. Yes, you listening right now. There was that spirit-led voice in my head that said, I really want this story to be shared. So when Kat said yes, and I set up the recording that she would share, you know, I wasn't really sure what you needed to hear. I wasn't exactly sure what all would be shared on this podcast. And it's interesting because I don't really think God wanted us to hear this story so that we could all look for a 19-year-old to invite to live with us. Some of y'all are like taking a sigh of relief. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but but I'm not sure of that. I think this is a story of practically what happens when God is on the throne in our lives, when God is the most important, has the most power, the most authority in our lives. Here's what happens. We listen to his voice. We value his words. We pay attention to the instructions he is giving us. You know, that little prompting inside of us. We care less about the logistics making sense, and we say yes to his prompting. And when we say yes to what his story for our lives is, that's when we get to see ashes turn to beauty, pain turned into dancing, hurts being healed. This is true. We get to see transformation happen. That's what happens when we say yes to God. Now, the journey of transformation can be hard. I mean, like Kat mentioned, these couples had some hard conversations. They spent some extra money on groceries and whatever else. They gave up some of their homes, gave up their time. I just, I, I don't even know all the sacrifices that were made, but I, I just can't imagine that every part of this was easy. I just don't think it was. However, I got to hear Lee talk with overwhelming joy about Kat's wedding and what a tremendous gift it was for her family to be a part of it, to be a part of Kat's life. According to Lee, any sacrifice made has been abundantly worth it. And that is the story for any of us who says yes to letting God be on the throne in our lives. Let's step in to that story.